Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of 36, the ACT Prep Podcast. Today we are finishing off the English section. We're going to finally knock it out for good. And this is the third episode in our little rhetoric bit of English. Um, so we're just going to cover the last few kinds of questions you'll commonly see. And with that, we'll be done with English, and we'll be moving on to other sections in the coming episodes. So we're going to start here with a couple of my favorite kinds of questions that have to do with clarity and conciseness. Um, we're going to start by talking about clarity. Again, let's open up that same test we've been looking at for the last few episodes, the 2018 test. You can find it on my blog with that link. Um, we're going to be looking at this one today. Um, again, the rhetoric questions are a little harder to fully describe without looking at the actual page. So I'd recommend pulling that up if you can. Um, if not, I'll try to describe it as best I can. We're focusing on clarity questions first. Um, so let's just run through a couple examples. So number two on the 2018 test. It has an underlined sentence. The entire sentence is underlined, and it says, Delighted, each sculpture was left secretly and was later discovered by staff. And then the other three options we have are all basically rewording this sentence. Um, it's saying about the same thing, but they're just switching the order on some of the words. So what we want to pick here is the sentence that just makes the most sense and sounds the cleanest. Trustier, again, I know I've talked about that before with grammar, but in this case we can also rely on that to answer this question. So I'm going to read through the other options, and let's just see if any of those jump out as sounding better than the others. G says, each sculpture was left secretly and later discovered by delighted staff. H says, left secretly and later discovered by staff, each sculpture was delighted. J, secretly delighted, each sculpture was discovered by staff. As I read through those, G sounded the best, um, and let's talk about why that one is the correct answer. So there's kind of two things going on. One is our modifiers are moving around. We talked about modifiers in grammar. Modifiers, remember, are phrases that describe something, and we want them to be right next to the thing they describe. So for example, F, the no change option, if we leave that, the sentence starts, delighted, each sculpture was left secretly. Delighted is kind of here a modifier describing something, but it's right next to the two words, each sculpture. Now, it doesn't really make any sense that each sculpture would be delighted. It's the staff that should be delighted. So we should be talking about a delighted staff, not a delighted sculpture. And F mixes up the order on that. So the modifiers are out of place in a couple of these. So the modifiers are moving around. And also just some of these options kind of create parts of the sentence that are wrong. So F, we already talked about H. The end of the sentence says each sculpture was delighted. Again, that doesn't make sense. Sculptures don't... Like, they aren't delighted. It's the staff that should be delighted. And then Jay also says, secretly delighted, each sculpture was discovered. So again, it's making the sculpture sound delighted. So watch out for modifiers in this case as we rearrange the sentence. The best option is G, which emphasizes the delighted staff. Uh, we're going to look at one more related to that. It's all the way down at the bottom, 71. So 71 has this sentence, and it has this underlined part. Let me read it for you. The sentence says, these innovations allowed factories to give machines a certain timelessness, increasing factory product productivity and, as a result, profits. The phrase, give machines a certain timelessness, is underlined. And then the question says, which choice offers the clearest and most precise information about how the operation of factory machines changed as a result of McCoy's innovations? So here, the question is directing us towards something specific, and this is something very important to watch out for with rhetoric questions. Anytime you have an actual question on the English section, like in this case, pay very close attention to what it's asking you to do. 
In this case, it says which choice offers the clearest and most precise information about how the operation of factory machines changed as a result of McCoy's innovations. So what we're looking for is clear and precise information about how factory operation changed. And that's all we want. All four of these answers, grammatically, they're going to be okay, but only one of these answers is going to give us very cl clear and precise information about how the factory operation changed. I'm going to reread the underlined part and then read the other three options there are, and just keep in your head thinking what's clear, what's precise, what tells us about how factory operation changed. So A says, give machines a certain timelessness. B says, rethink operations. C, run machines continuously. And D, use machines differently. Okay, I'll pause there for a second. Just wanted you to think about which one might be the most clear and precise information about how the operation of a factory changed. The correct answer here is C. C says, run machines continuously. That gives us a very... Well, it does exactly what the question asks. It gives us a very clear and precise idea of what actually changed as a result of these inventions. D says use machines differently. That's pretty vague, pretty open-ended. B says rethink operations. Again, very open-ended. And A, give machines a certain timelessness. That doesn't really go to the point of saying how did these inventions chain factory operations. C is the only one that gives us something specific that happened as a result of these inventions. So that's something to watch out for, and we're going to look at a couple more, actually, at the end of this episode, a couple more questions just like that, where the question points you to something specific. Again, pay very careful attention to rhetoric questions, and pay careful attention to the kind of keywords they, they give you to help you find the answer. In this case, we wanted clear and precise information about changing factory operations, and we picked an answer based entirely on that. So now let's talk about my absolute favorite kind of question. It's the repetitiveness questions. These questions are great because once you know to look out for them, they become very, very easy to answer. They're almost automatic points. Um, so let's look at number seven as an example of this. The general principle here is the ACT does not want repetitiveness. Don't use multiple words. Don't repeat yourself. Um, Basically just say things short and clearly, and that's basically always the correct answer. Um, it's generally the shortest answer when, when it's a question like this. So number seven says, the sentence says, more creations appeared at more than a few additional places where literature and artifacts are related to books and writing. The whole phrase, more than a few additional places where literature and artifacts are related to, that whole phrase is underlined, and then we have a couple of different options to change it. So I'm just going to read through the different options, see what you think, listen and listen for repetitiveness or too many words to say something simple, and see which one sounds the best in your head. So B says, a number of additional cultural institutions supporting intellectual endeavors dedicated to promoting. C, quite a lot of other cultural institutions characterized by loyalty and dedication to. And then D, several libraries and museums devoted to. So in this case, D is actually the best answer. In cases like this, the shortest answer is almost always the best answer. So D, if we read the sentence, says, more creations appeared at several libraries and museums devoted to books and writing. So this is much more straightforward than A, B, or C. A, B, and C all have way too many words to say basically libraries and museums. So don't fall prey to thinking that just because something's longer and sounds fancier, it's better. Generally, the more straightforward, shorter choice is the best option. Um, we're going to look at one more. It's number 12, just right below it. 
it says each gift the sentence says each gift came with a note expressing special gratitude for libraries books words and ideas and then the underlying part is a note expressing special gratitude then I'll just read through the options again. So G says, note of gratitude expressing special gratefulness and thanks. Notice how many times it said basically gratitude. H, thank you note on each one expressing special thanks. And then J, thankful note expressing special thanks. So notice G, H, and J are almost identical, and all of them repeat this idea of giving thanks. J and H both say basically thank you twice. G has gratitude twice and thanks once. F, no change, just says a note expressing, expressing special gratitude. So that one is the best answer. It doesn't repeat itself. It's simple and clear, and that's the right answer. So these kinds of questions are my favorite. You can expect between two and four of them, depending on the test, and they're really great. They're basically automatic points for you if you know to look out for them. So anytime you see four options that are all saying the same thing, but three of the options say it either with more words or say it repeating itself, always just pick the answer that does not repeat itself. And it's almost always the shortest answer. So if you are short on time, you can just go ahead and pick the shortest answer on a question like this. Okay, and now we are on to our final couple questions. So these questions don't really have a specific theme other than read the question carefully. Kind of hinted at this at one of the earlier problems we looked at, but there's some questions on the rhetoric section where the question itself is pointing you to something specific. And I just want to look at a couple of these to drive home this point, because once you learn to read the question carefully, answering these questions gets a lot easier. So let's jump to 22 to start with an example. 22 says, which choice provides the most specific description of the assembled groups of corks? So that's the question. Now let me read you the sentence. The sentence says, he used a foam template to assemble a group of corks into a pretty interesting shape. And pretty interesting is the underlined part. And the different options it gives us are either keep pretty interesting, change it to hexagonal, is G, H says certain, and J says delete. So let's look back at that question. That question says, which choice provides the most specific description of the assembled groups of corks? So which of these options is specific? Well, if we look at them, we have pretty interesting. It's not very specific. Hexagonal. That gives you a very clear picture of something, so that's pretty specific. H, certain. Again, kind of a generic word. And J, delete. So it would just say, assemble a group of corks into a shape. That's very not specific. That just tells us that they have some kind of shape that we don't know about. So the best option here is hexagonal. Why? Because the question says find the most specific description of the assembled group of quarks. Again, on questions like this, really all you need to do is read the question carefully and pick an answer that matches clearly and directly what the question is asking for. And I'm just going to run through two more quick examples, kind of just to drive that home. 33, question 33. The question says, which choice best builds on the preceding sentence by emphasizing the dramatic nature of the mark of fulgurite leaves on the earth? Okay, before even reading the sentence, I want to read you the different options. So remember, we're looking for something that emphasizes the dramatic nature of the mark the fulgurite leaves on the earth. So A is no change, which in the sentence is the word places. B is sketches. C is burns. D is sends. So now just thinking about those four words without even the context, which one seems the most dr dramatic? Places, sketches, burns, sends. To me at least, burns is clearly the most dramatic word. 
among those four, and in this case it's also the right answer. So even without reading the sentence, I'm able to tell that Burns is the most dramatic of these options, and so it must be the right one. Reading the question carefully can point you to the right answer, even without having all the context. I don't recommend doing this on every question, for sure. Um, definitely read the sentences, definitely get your context, but you can see how, how clearly it points you to some options. We're going to look at one last question. It's number 58 here at the end. It says, which choice contrasts most directly with the other ways to get involved at the observatory that are mentioned in the paragraph? And the underlined part it's referencing says, are planning to make a trip to Mount Washington. So let me just read you the paragraph real quick so you have a bit of context here. It says, though isolated, the Mount Washington Observatory offers weather enthusiasts many ways to get involved. The observatory takes volunteers and accepts interns who assist with research. The bold can take part in educational trips to the summit in winter. For those who are planning to make a trip to Mount Washington, the observatory has a website with live video feeds of the summit. And again, that are planning to make a trip to Mount Washington, that part is underlined. And so I'll reread the question to you. It says, which choice contrasts most directly with the other ways to get involved with the observatory that are mentioned in the paragraph? So let's just read through the different options and see which one seems to contrast with what's already in the paragraph. Again, remember, read through the question carefully, check out what it's looking for, what it's pointing you to, and just give it what it wants. F, no change, would just be planning to make a trip to Mount Washington. G, prefer a warm recliner to an icy peak. H, conduct weather research. J, love the outdoors. H, I can rule out almost immediately because it says they accept volunteers and interns who help with research. That does not contrast, definitely. F, I can also rule out pretty quickly. It mentions accepting bold people who like to take educational trips, volunteers and interns. These people are all clearly planning to make a trip to Mount Washington, which F gives us the option, are planning to make a trip to Mount Washington. So that is not a contrast at all what's in the paragraph. And then J says love the outdoors. So for those who love the outdoors, it sounds like these bold people probably love the outdoors. It says the bold can take part in educational trips to the summit in winter. That sounds to me like people that like to be outside, like to have adventures outside. G is the only option left here, and it says prefer a warm recliner to an icy peak. So this one gives us the contrast we're looking for. The question again says which choice contrasts most directly with the other ways to get involved at the observatory? The other ways to get involved are doing research or taking these educational trips to the summit of this frozen peak in winter. G is a very sharp contrast to that. Preferring a warm recliner. So these are people that don't want to get, you know, they don't want to be cold. They don't want to do this research. They just want to relax and enjoy enjoy their life. And so that option is the biggest contrast to the other ways mentioned in the paragraph. So for that reason, we would pick G. So just to summarize again, I've hammered this point home, I think, several times now, but one last time. Read the questions carefully and look for what they're pointing you towards. Look for the keywords that basically tell you the answer needs to have this, and then just give it to them. There's, there's not really tricks involved with these questions that I've found. I've done a lot of them. They're usually not being tricky at all. They're usually being quite direct, actually, and you just have to read carefully the question and then pick an answer that matches very closely with what that question says. And that's it for this episode today. So we have finished up the English section officially. Well done, those of you that have listened through and that have been practicing. I just want to shoot out another plug. Keep doing your regular practice. It's going to make a ton of difference. You practicing regularly, much more than this podcast, 
is going to help your score improve. This podcast is just to help give you some ideas of things to look out for, help you understand some types of questions that are on the ACT, but it's when you actually sit down and practice that all of this is going to start coming together and your score is going to start creeping up. So again, congrats to all you guys listening this far. We're going to start diving into the other sections in the next episodes. Um, I just want to throw out another plug. Please email me at 36actpodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your feedback and hear what's working for you with the podcast, what could maybe be improved, hear your ideas. Um, I'm also, this August, I'll actually have some free time opening up for tutoring, so if you're interested in that, um, shoot me an email, let me know, we could maybe work something out. I do a lot of tutoring online. But anyway, I'd love to hear from you, I'd love to love to hear from the listeners, see kind of what's, what's going on out there in the world. Give me a shout out. So thanks everyone, and I'll see you next time.